Hello, Open Arms. It's so great to be with you and have you with us today. Today is week two of our series, Jesus Is. You know, we believe as a church that Jesus is the center of our church. And we believe as Christians that he is to be the center of our lives. And this is a series looking at the qualities, the attributes, and the character of who Jesus is. Last week we looked at a, a biblical and theological overview of who Jesus is. We looked at Jesus is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is our Savior. I encourage you to go onto any podcast platform. Type in Open Arms Church or on our YouTube, Open Arms Church. And you can watch or listen to that message. But I'm really praying that this series will, will help recenter Jesus at the center of your life, your home, your family, but also for you to rediscover who Jesus is and to, to fall deeper in love with him, to know more of him and to grow an intimate relationship with him. And today I want to speak on the title, Jesus is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. Jesus said these words in John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And he says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus' favorite description of himself when it comes to his relationship with us. And we are described as his flock. You know, there are many metaphors when it comes to Jesus' relationship with believers and with his church. The first one is, you know, that we are a family, the, the family of God. And a family, they are for each other, to love and to care for one another. Not to be some large institution and large organization, but to be family, to be there for one another, to have authentic relationships with one another and for you know me personally me and my family we've experienced this we love open arms we call it our family we call you our family because we love you another metaphor that is used is that the church is a fellowship where we are in unity together we are one we gather together as a community another metaphor is that we are a body where every single person has a function within the body of Christ you know, many people, they found a church, but they haven't found their part. We say here at Open Arms that there is a place for you. We want to help you find your part, find your function. We want to help connect you in, whether that is being in a connect group, whether that is building relationships within the community, whether that is serving on one of our teams or, or being a part of the church by sowing financially. And the final metaphor is that we are a flock the flock of Jesus, and he is our shepherd. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, the closest English translation of the word shepherd in the New Testament is the word pastor. The New Testament was written in Koine Greek or ancient Greek. And in fact, the very same word for shepherd and pastor is used interchangeably throughout the New Testament. And it is the word poimen. And poimen is described as someone who the Lord raises up to care for the total well-being of his flock, the people of the Lord. So therefore, we can see that Jesus is our shepherd and Jesus is our pastor. He's my pastor. He is your pastor. You know, at Open Arms, we have 
incredible pastors. And I'm not just talking about men and women with the title pastor. You know, as your pastor, as the leader of Open Arms, it is a great honor. But we've got men and women right throughout Open Arms who serve as pastors, who are there to love and to care for our community. But regardless of how great an earthly pastor may be, earthly pastors will let you down. Earthly pastors will fail you. I and pastors all over the world will at some stage disappoint you for we cannot meet all of your needs. Therefore, we need our heavenly pastor. We need our pastor, our shepherd, who will never let us down, who will always be there for us, who will meet our every need at the time that we need it. You know, Ireland has a great history of putting priests and pastors on a pedestal and it always ends in failure, in pain, in grief. And at Open Arms, we, we say that we are all on level ground. There is no hierarchy here at Open Arms. We believe that there is no one such as myself that is holier than thou. We are all one people under Jesus. In fact, we are all vulnerable to temptation. We are all human. So therefore, we need one who we can look to as a role model, and that is Jesus Christ. He is our pastor. And Jesus' instruction to earthly pastors and leaders within the church is found in 1 Peter 5, verse 2. He says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears as a servant of the church, as a pastor, I am an under-shepherd to the chief shepherd. And when he appears, if we are following, following his instruction and his role model as a shepherd, we will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Today, my, my goal, my prayer for you is that you will know that Jesus is your shepherd. He is your pastor. He is the one that will care for you, love you. He will be there for you at all times. And so we're going to be looking at this character of Jesus as our shepherd in a very well-known scripture found in Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. And the writer, the psalmist David, he begins, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I could have called this sermon, Jesus is the shepherd. But just as David has said here, the Lord is my shepherd. My heart for you is that you would have a deep, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. You know, my prayer from very early becoming a Christian until now has always been, I want to know Jesus intimately. 
I don't, I don't just want to know Jesus. I want to experience Jesus. I want to know and sense his presence. I want to know that he is here. And I, I want that for you. My prayer through this sermon as we look at this scripture is that you will, you will know your shepherd. You will know your pastor and that you will be able to have a deep relationship with him. So I want to share with you today five truths about our shepherd found in Psalm 23. And here's the very first one. I encourage you to, to take notes, to write these things down, that you would know this about your shepherd is this. The shepherd provides. The shepherd provides. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. This means I shall lack nothing. You know, we've all been through incredibly tough times, especially most recently in this season, times where, where we felt lack, times where we needed provision, times where we found ourselves crying out to Jesus for help. And I've gone through tough times and I've found this, that each and every time, those tough times, they shaped my life, they shaped my character. In fact, they grew and stretched my faith and belief for every time that I needed Jesus, he provided for me. Every single time. I believe that the Lord is providing for you. He will meet your needs. He will meet your cares. He will give you everything that you need. Maybe right now you're still in the process of experiencing that. Maybe it's just coming. But I believe that he will provide for you. He is providing for you. For the shepherd always provides. You know, I've got three little boys. Soon to be four four boys in these next few weeks and as a dad as a provider for my children I will always meet their needs I will always provide for their needs when they need from me that means that that when they're going to go through tough times which they will when they go through difficulty I'll be there when they're in lack I'll be there when they need me their dad and their their the help of their dad I'll be there now, can I prevent them from experiencing pain and difficulty and struggle and strife? No way. No matter what I could do, I could never be able to remove those things from them. But as much as I can, I will provide for them. The same is true for our provider. Jesus is there for us that when we need him, he is there. He will always be there for you in times of need. Always, forever. As Paul writes in Philippians 4, 19. My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And you may say, well, Sean, how do I receive the provision of my shepherd? Well, my boys, they will receive the provision of their dad when, when they stay in relationship with their dad. When we have a relationship that is right and is pure. But when the day comes or if the day comes where they say, Dad, I don't need your provision. And they step out from my, under my care. Well, then I won't be able to provide for them. The same is true for our shepherd. When we stay under his care, he will provide for us. When we stay in relationship with our shepherd, he will provide for us. When we have a relationship with him where we know that when we are in times of need and in help, we can turn to him and he will provide for us. Here's a second truth of our shepherd is the shepherd restores. The shepherd restores. As much as I've experienced difficulty, I know that all of you have great stories of pain, of tragedy, 
of grief. I know for some of you, it is an absolute miracle that you are still standing. But here's one thing that I've learned going through difficulty is that after you've gone through it, it sucks everything out of you. It depletes you of your energy emotionally, mentally. Sometimes you just feel empty and exhausted. You know, there are seasons in our life where we need to be restored. There are seasons in our life where we need to be refreshed. And Psalm 23 verse 2 says this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes God needs to make you lie down because you keep skipping it. Sometimes God needs to make you rest because you keep missing it. Sometimes God needs to make you experience peace and rest because he knows that you need it. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you to the world. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and it continues, he leads me beside quiet waters. One translation says, still waters, he restores my soul. We see here the shepherd restores our soul in stillness, in quiet, in peace. And I know right now that there is many of you who, who you are struggling. You are you are feeling depleted, exhausted. You're feeling empty. Maybe right now you could describe your life as full, as, as busy. Maybe, maybe you could say that it's even chaotic at times. Jesus will give you rest. Jesus will give you peace. Jesus will be there to bring stillness to your mind, to bring restoration to your soul. He will be there to help you, to provide for you, to give you restoration when you follow him and when you ask him. You know, what does this restoration look like? What does this peace and this quiet and this stillness? Well, quite simply, it's spending time with him in quiet. That means, you know, especially for me personally, what I like to do is a, a maybe get up early in the morning or, or late at night, get my, my Bible, maybe grab a journal and just put on some worship music and just spend time with Jesus. You know, there's nothing that, that I need to do as such, but rather just be. And be with him. And I want to encourage you. You can do this. When you are, be with Jesus, he is with you. When you decide to remove yourself and find quiet and stillness with him, he will bring stillness to your heart, to your soul, and to your mind. He restores. Here's the third truth about our shepherd. Is the shepherd leads. Psalm 23, verse 3, in the New King James Version, it says it like this. Rather than he guides, it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This means that he leads me in right paths. He leads me to the right path. We all know that life is full of choices. You know, every single day we're faced with a number of decisions to make, directions to take, and sometimes in our life there can be life-altering decisions that we need to make that, that can bring about confusion, can bring about indifference, can bring about doubt in which way we are to go. And with these decisions, these choices, and these paths, there often is a wrong choice. A choice or a path that's going to bring trouble into our life, and at the same time, there is a right path. A right path that is for his name's sake. What does this mean? It means that God's name is on it. 
It means that God is in it. It means that when you choose this right path because God is in it, it means that you're going to experience fulfillment, purpose, and provision. The question is, well, how do we know what path is the right path? How do we know what choice or what decision is the right one? What Jesus says in John 10, verse 3 to 5, he says, The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. How do you know what path is the right path? When you hear and recognize the voice of your shepherd who leads you. Maybe, maybe you're new to this. Maybe you're learning how to hear Jesus. Maybe in your relationship with him, maybe you're going through a season where you feel like that there's, there's a disconnect. Maybe you feel like, like you, you don't hear from him. Well, you need to practice listening to him. You need to practice, as we just said, not just removing yourself into quiet, but actually learning how to hear his voice. And the only way we can do this is to spend time with him. For me, personally, as I've just said, when... When I need to spend time with Jesus, or let's just say I have to make a decision. And oftentimes for me, I'm not just faced with two paths. I'm faced with multiple paths at any one time. And during this time, what I'll do is in my quiet with Jesus, I will have my journal. I'll write down the decisions that I'm faced. And then I'll ask the Lord, Lord, help me to make the right decision. Help me to make the decision that your name is on it. And then I just wait. And I hear his voice. This is a very, very simple practice, but it needs to be practiced. You know, at the beginning, and there has been times where we say, is that, is that my voice or is that his voice? Is that just what I want? But after practicing and practicing, his voice becomes clearer and you become more familiar with his voice and you recognize it and you sense it and you lean into it and you sense his peace. It is very simple but it's a simple practice to be practiced. And I guarantee you when, you, when you do this, when you practice this on a, on a daily basis, you will hear the voice of God. You will hear the voice of your shepherd. And here's what's the best part. You will follow the path that God's name is on. You will be led by him. You will be guided and directed by him. And you will know that every step that I take, the Lord is with me. Every path that I go through, every decision I make, every choice that I make that is from him, I will know that the Lord is in this. Here's the fourth truth about our shepherd. The shepherd comforts. Psalm 23 verse 4, probably one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, Paul, in many of his letters writing, he wrote about the experiences that he was having. And he wrote this experience in 2 Timothy 4.16. He says, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. You ever feel like that? You ever feel alone, isolated, abandoned, fearful? And then Paul says these words, but the Lord, Jesus, stood at my side and gave me strength. His comfort brings us strength. His comfort, knowing that he is with us, brings strength to our bodies. It brings strength to our minds. It brings strength to know that when you're feeling alone and abandoned, maybe even defeated, he's there. 
When you're feeling anxious and worried and not sure what to do, he's there. When you're feeling down or maybe battling depression and pain, he is there and his comfort will bring your strength. There is no need to fear, not even faced with death, for he is there. You know, this world that we're in right now, it has changed dramatically within these last two years. And one thing that has surprised me, though it probably shouldn't be much of a surprise, but as we've all been online, is to, is to hear and see so many Christians, much of which is online, giving out and complaining about the condition of the world. Saying things like, the world is getting worse. There's no more morals. Our kids will be corrupted. Giving out about certain subjects such as social media, the news, the government, COVID, the vaccine, racism, transgenderism, everything in between. And it surprised me because I'm like, have you not read what is in the Bible? What's happening today lines up perfectly with what is in the Bible. When you read through the Bible, you read so many Evil, so much evil happening, evil people, acts of debauchery and, and cannibalism and incest and genocide. Some of the most evil people, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. Here's something that shouldn't be a surprise. The world is evil. And as the days get further on, the days will get darker. They will become more evil as the years progress. But as scripture says, even though we walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, I'm not worried about my kids being corrupted because I'm going to raise my kids up to follow the ways of the Lord that they will know that he has called them to be beacons of hope and light even in the darkness. That they will know when they call out the name Jesus, when they profess Jesus, the darkness flees. That they will know that he is with them. He is for them. And, and if tragedy or if pain or harm or even death comes to them, that they will know that they will be in eternity in the presence of Jesus for all their days. I want to encourage you. Do not be surprised by the evil and the depravity in our world, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Lean on Jesus as your support, as your strength, as your comforter. And you know what? Be a comfort to others. Don't revert to commenting about the bad things that are happening in the world, choose your words to bring comfort to others. Choose your words to bring hope to others rather than focusing on the hopelessness. Choose your words as the shepherd as being a comfort to you, for you to be a comfort to others. Let's be known as a people who spreads love and not fear who's there to support others even when times of stress and to be a comfort as the shepherd comforts us that we can be a pastor, be one to care for, to love and be there for others. And here's the fifth and final truth about our shepherd is the shepherd blesses. He blesses. Verse 6 says this, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now once we follow our shepherd, once we follow Jesus, his goodness and his love follows us. 
We have the opportunity to dwell in his presence, dwell in his house forever. For this world is not our home, but our home is with Jesus. And here's what the message translation says in verse 6. Your beauty and love chase after me all the days of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. We see here, his blessing is not passive, it is active. The shepherd's blessing, it chases after us. It's there with us to bless us, to protect us, to be there with us every single day. The question is, how do we follow our shepherd? How do we experience this, the blessings of our shepherd? How do we stay under the care and the provision and the protection of our shepherd? Well, Jesus said these words in John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Here's a question to ask yourself. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him intimately? Do you know him passionately? Do you know him deeply in your heart? Has it become where you've almost fallen into religion by, because it's about what you do and how you practice certain things, and maybe you've become familiar by going to church or attending church, but do you know Jesus, do you know him? When the day comes, when you close your eyes and you will pass from earth, do you know him? Where will you be? Will you be in eternity in heaven with him? Have you made that decision to follow Jesus, to know Jesus, to know him as your shepherd? If not, I want to give you an opportunity today to know your shepherd, to know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. What I'd love to do is just lead you in a prayer. Love you to repeat these words after me. And maybe, maybe there's something that you've never said these words before. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord. You've never decided to follow him, being committed every single day. Or maybe, maybe you've got so caught up in things that you, you actually realize I don't know him as intimately as I have before. Hey, why don't you take the opportunity to repent? To repent is to turn away and turn towards Jesus. To turn away from your ways and sin and the ways of the world and turn towards Jesus, your shepherd. I wonder, could you just pray these words and this prayer with me and say, Jesus, today I give you everything. I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Today I choose to follow you as my shepherd, as my pastor. I believe that I am forgiven, that I am set free, and that I am healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you made that decision for the first time today, we'd love to connect with you. And all that we'd ask you to do is go to openarms.ie forward slash connect. And there you see a very simple form. And you can tick the box on committing my life to Jesus. And there's a number of ways that we can help you or needs that you have or to pray for you. And we'll contact you this week through text or email and actually invite you to something that we call Next Steps. It's a Zoom once a month with myself and some of our team. Or We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to connect with you and help make this decision that you've made today something that lasts for the rest of your life. But I just want to pray for you today as we, as we finish. I pray may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't wait to have you back next week for continuing on in our Jesus Is series. Have a great week. Enjoy our worship. And we'll see you next week.